Okay, we're recording. All right, here we go. This is a dispatch from Afghanistan with Holly McKay. Um, and, um, so question of the day, uh, what's the difference between Kabul and Kandahar? Uh, yeah, so Kandahar is the second biggest city in Afghanistan and it was actually the province where the Taliban began. So it obviously has a quite a conservative leaning as it is. Um, it's a much more orderly city, I would say. Uh, Kabul tends to be very frenetic. Uh, it tends to, you know, traffic is in every direction and there are people everywhere and you sort of always have this on edge feeling, I think, where anything can kind of happen. But Kandahar feels a lot more safe in some ways. Um, things, you know, you, you, you drive down the main areas and there's sort of a, a grassy median strip for miles and it's just Kandahar is having picnics the entire way down. So they really live the life in Kandahar. They, they very much value their, um, their leisure time, their group time. And, uh, yeah, it's, I mean, it's a, it's a clean city. And I, I see a lot sort of less of a Taliban presence here, even though it is the birthplace of the Taliban. I think it's because they've kind of always had a strong control here anyway. So, uh, in Kabul, there's sort of a lot more, uh, Talibs around just trying to keep a group on things, I think. But, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a little bit more of a leisurely, orderly city, that's for sure. Oh, interesting. Um, and, uh, from, from a leadership perspective, uh, your, your impressions of the, 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 uh, the, the reactions from leaders in Kabul versus leaders in, in Kandahar, is there a difference? Are they the same? Are they well coordinated? What's, what's- I think, well, it's, a, it's still a centralized system in the sense that everything comes out of Kabul. I think a lot of, uh, the sort of the leadership in Kandahar is afraid to speak. Um, so a lot of people just don't, don't want to do interviews because they are worried about saying the wrong thing. They're worried about upsetting someone in the Kabul leadership. So I think there's a little bit more hesitancy to, to kind of speak out here than, you know, there's a little bit more authority that's wielded to, um, to the, some of the leaders in Kabul. So it's, it's a little bit more difficult in that sense. Okay. Very good. And, uh, uh, so you also visited, uh, close to the Pakistani border this week and, um, yes. situation report from there. Yeah, so we went down to, it's called Spinboldak. It's a quite a famous border crossing uh, between here and it sort of leads to Shaman. And then a lot of the Quetta people also come through that area. Um, it was crazy. Honestly, we got to the main gate and there were just so many people because the border has been closed for days and it's this really terrible humanitarian crisis. Um, so just people everywhere. And I tried to do an interview and just mobs, mobs followed me everywhere and Taliban got out and started flogging some of the people and that's when I got upset and said I don't I don't want to be the responsible for this just because he was trying to disperse the crowds that were around me and uh, we tried to reach our driver Shafiq who is awesome but <laughs> doing it sometimes off in his own world and his phone was obviously off and we couldn't we couldn't reach him um, and it was a, a bit of a precarious situation and then um, Jake and I ended up getting detained by the Taliban. Um, we were taken to the police station and just kept in a holding cell there. Uh, at first, we weren't worried about it. Um, we just thought, oh, this will be resolved pretty quickly. But it turned into uh, quite a situation where they brought in a lot of commanders that were interrogating us. Um, they brought in really their top people. They didn't believe that we were journalists. This is something you face a lot in this part of the world where they accuse you of being spies. Um, and so we started to, you know, try to explain our situation. We had our, all our documents. We're obviously in the country legally and we have permission to be here, but 
the, they really, I guess, never encountered journalists. Uh, the Kandaharis had never really encountered journalists before. So it, it turned into a, uh, certainly a unique situation. Um, eventually it was obviously resolved from the Taliban office in Kabul who verified and matched for us. But yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't the most fun situation. And, you know, we ended up getting out. They were apologetic and we went and continued our work. And they, in fact, took us and gave us some very unique access to that Pakistani border area that I think most journalists wouldn't get to really see the depth of the crisis and, and what was happening. So in the end, we ended up getting, um, hopefully, you know, a better story out of it. But, yeah, it's sort of a part of the journal life, I guess. Yeah, it sounds uh, very interesting. Well, it sounds like you've had an interesting week. Um, and uh, are you going to stay out in that area or um, are, are you headed off to someplace else? Um, so, uh, yeah. So yesterday we actually went to a small village, Sansgar, where uh, Mullah Omar started the Taliban back in the 90s. Um, tiny little mosque that still exists. The whole village is basically bombed out, but the mosque is still functioning. And, and we met with um, the imam there. And then around the corner from that is actually the mosque where uh, Mullah Barada to actually say his Mullah brother in Pashto and he is he was preaching at a, a mosque just around the corner so obviously he and Mullah Omar were quite close and he is now sort of was the one running a lot of the interim council and he's now the deputy prime minister and really one of the I guess faces of the Taliban so it was very interesting um in to be in that environment and yeah it's it's always very unique as a woman I think I wasn't quite sure what to expect um, because a lot of the Taliban, especially imams, when you go to the virtue ministries and places like that, they're very conservative and don't look at you um, and, you know, all of that. But, but here, you know, it was very bizarre. I thought, here are the most conservative of the imams. They're uh, at Mullah Omar's mosque and the village leaders. And yet here they are, you know, having lunch with me. It was just very strange and, and asking me questions, interviewing me, really. Um, toward the end of it, which was bizarre, um, going very, trying to probe a lot into my personal life, uh, which was always a little awkward. But uh, yeah, so it was sort of very much not like a lot of the other Taliban's that we had met, which I found to be to be strange. Um, but certainly, yeah, certainly a fascinating insight, really somewhere that, that you could never have visited before. I mean, I could never have driven from Kabul to Kandahar ever before. Um, you know, you would have asked me that five or six weeks ago and it would have been absolutely unthinkable given the, the Taliban presence and the amount of danger along that, that road. And now it's bizarre because now really the entire country has opened up to me and I can basically go anywhere that I want that I was just never able to do in my Afghanistan coverage before. So I'm, I'm taking advantage of that as much as possible. Uh, tomorrow, really early, we are going to go to Helmand, uh, which is obviously, you know, it's a key place where a lot of the Marines were. It's where a lot of the uh, poppy fields are. And we're going to probe a little bit deeper into that anti-narcotics world. So just, yeah, really sort of trying to take as much advantage as I can of, of accessing Afghanistan. Oh, very good. All right. Well, um, uh, that's, uh, I think that's a wrap for the week. It, it looks like you've had a, a fairly, uh, interesting week with, uh, seeing a lot more of Afghanistan than you ever thought you would. And, um, there you go. All right. So that's, uh, another dispatch from Afghanistan with Holly McKay. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you.